Hi there, listeners. Uh, John here from Spark Your Fire, along with my friends and colleagues, David and uh, David and Jazz. How are you today, guys? Happy Friday. Happy Friday, John. Uh, where <laughs> were you last Friday, buddy? Uh, I was I was out and about. I was out and about, um, you know, uh, doing this and that. So c- couldn't make it. But um, I listened to the podcast. It was fantastic. So um, yeah, so gone but not do, forgotten. So we, so we do a pretty good job without you. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. I'm just here to add the fluff. <laughs> we're, definitely, we're definitely missing the other uh, economic uh, foot that we had that we typically had. Let's put it that way. It was a bit wobbly on my uh, my end <laughs> when I when I kind of look back to it. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's good to be back as always on a Friday with you guys. Definitely, definitely. And look, we've had a, we've had quite a week. But what we're going to do today is actually we're we're very excited to talk about um, the top ten rules for life. Uh, from Charlie Munger. Now, Charlie Munger is uh, Warren Buffett's uh, co-partner in the Berkshire Hathaway business. Um, he's got a net worth of 1.3 billion, uh, and we're going to go through. We're going to go through. Uh, we're actually going to go through five of these, um, and I think that these are fantastic, broad life lessons for success in general, but I guess success specifically for um, uh, in the world of finance. So before we get into that, uh, please, uh, if you like what we're doing here at Sparky Fire, like and subscribe and share with your friends. Uh, we, we, try to, um, uh, we, we try to do a good job here with, uh, with keeping it like really, you know, uh, this, is, this is the podcast with a property edge, but for all investors. So uh, we try to keep it interesting and macro. And today, I think we're going to do a, a great deep dive, deep dive into success. Um, so yeah, Charlie Munger. So the first one is always keep learning. Always keep learning, David. What, what's your, what was your take on his uh, point there? I think that's a pretty fundamental one. In order for us to be able to continue improve um, ourselves, you know, we got to keep an open mind and have that curiosity um, about learning new things. Um, I mean, the way that I look at it is the day that you stop learning is the day that you die, essentially. Um, You know, you you are basically not moving forward. And uh, we all know how important it is to be able to learn new things and adopt new technologies um, just at different rates. But I think the key concept that I have, Carla, here is that curiosity, Um, you know, always keep an open mind. You always want to understand, you know, how things work, you know, like uh, as a simple example, when you switch on the light, like how does it work in the background? Most people probably, you know, say switch on the light, the light, expect the light to, to open. But, you know, having that curiosity to say, well, how does it work in the back end? Um, because, you know, that, that kind of curiosity is going to lead you to understand the fundamentals of physics and electricity about how it works, um, which would then lead you, you know, to more deeper understanding of different aspects of life um, to a certain degree. So, you know, don't take things as, uh, uh, I guess, as granted um, to a level. And, um, you know, keep a hands-on approach, um, understand, you know, why you want to invest to bring it back into a financial um, aspect side of things. Yeah, that's pretty much my takeaway for that point. Jess, what do you reckon? Is there anything left, David? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think um, it's, a, it's a very important, I think it's, this is the, the most important point um, in my humble opinion. Um, there's a famous saying, the only thing constant in this world is change, right? So what he's talking about is always learning, which means you got to keep changing yourself constantly by applying applying new set of learnings. And uh, it's 
especially in the world today, the world that we live in today, which is disrupted by tech, blockchain, and all the different industries, um, it's become more important than ever to be uh, a learner. So I think the hard thing um, as, a, as a human is how to unle unlearn once you have learned. Um, that is, once you have specialized in a field, whether it's the field of, I don't know, whatever industry it is, right? Um, but it's, it's un how to unlearn and learn from the beginning once again. Is, is the hard thing, but it's, it's, uh, um, it's I think, the most important thing that uh, we all should apply to ourselves in, in our daily lives. Uh, when you are an investor or if you are investing in businesses, which is stocks, essentially, um, and that's what Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett are all about, investing in businesses, stocks. Yeah, it's, it's fairly self-explanatory. My, my take on that was... Uh, the same as yours, I think, um, David, you talked about having a sense of curiosity. I thought that was really, really good. It's reminded me of actually Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio talks about how he, as a hedge fund manager, he's always trying to figure out how we could be wrong. And in the Warren Buffett world, it's all about like, you know, they spend 15 hours a day just reading annual reports. So that's that learning process, reading, reading, reading. In Ray Dalio's world, it's about stress testing theses. You know, is this, how is this wrong? If it could it be wrong? And if it's wrong, how is it wrong? Um, so I think it's, it's, it's partly about that. It's partly about humility, but it's, um, you know, Warren Buffett's made most of his money and so is Charlie Munger as old men rather than as young men. So obviously that, that accumulated wisdom of, you know, never making the same mistake twice and sort of learning and becoming better over time shows uh, that they are learning. Obviously there's compound growth in those assets as well. Um so, so it's fairly self-explanatory. There's one footnote to add there, and it's the and the point that Warren Buffett made was, um, uh, be aware of who your group of friends is. So the group of friends is really important. I think we're the am amalgamation of the top five people that we hang around with. So, so be really deliberate with who you hang around with because that will cultivate that learning environment. All right. Oh, this is good. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this already. Uh, so. Always keep learning. Point number two is deserve what you want. Deserve what you want. Jazz, what were your what was your take on that? So, see, this is uh, one of the points again. Um, if you deserve, if you if you think you deserve something, then you obviously uh, have to go out and put yourself out there, uh, learn the stuff, prove yourself, prove your worth in that particular space, whatever niche it is there's again there's a famous saying that if you truly want something the universe will align to make it happen yeah no I, I, look i think jazz you summed it up pretty well it's about um it's about i guess working towards setting 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 yourself in terms of what you want and so that's i mean that to me sounds a bit like a bit of a goal setting exercise is you know like work out what you what you want and then essentially work out how you want to be able to get there um, to, a, to, a, to a degree. So, um, and, you know, as they say, um, if the goal is big enough, then the why, would, the, the how would show itself, right? So um, in, in, that, in, that, in that sense, that's, um, uh, you, need to, you need to have, as, as an investor, I guess you need to have that, um, you need to set yourself that kind of financial goals first, you know, whether that's passive income, whether that's uh, whatever, whatever assets that you're working towards. Uh, but, you know, before you have that mindset of, 
this is what I'm entitled to. You kind of need to put in the effort in order to be able to get it. You don't, you know, as they say, like, I don't think the, the money doesn't fall on trees, basically. You need to work your way to be able to get that. So set yourself goals um, and then and then essentially um, figure out ways about how you tackle it. And that comes down to different type of investment strategies. Uh, pick, the, pick one investment strategy that's going to suit you the best in that instance. Um, get really good at it and, and understand how, how the ins and outs of it work. Um, and then ultimately, you know, you, you, will, you will eventually get there. Yeah. It's essentially trying to prove your worth. So mm. going back to Charlie Munger and uh, Warren Buffett's life, uh, I think, John, you said at the start, they spent about roughly what 12 to 15 hours a day reading books, right? So to be able, for, for them to be able to run Berkshire Hathaway um, for those many years providing successful returns, um, they had to prove their worth. And the way they proved their worth was he has been spending all his time uh, reading the financial statements of all the different companies um, to be able to grow his company. That is prove your worth. If you want to be the CEO or CIO, whatever of a company or uh, entrepreneur in your own business, then you have to prove your worth, which is which means you have to put all the time and effort into it. So yeah, totally. I mean, he's saying you've got to earn it. Like if you want to, if you want to live a good life and take resources out of the economy, before you do that, you've got to put the value into the economy. So you've got to. Um, the only way. To, to to succeed is to earn it and to, to to deserve it. It's really he calls it the golden rule, but it's really obvious, I suppose. Um, to to quote Charlie Munger from this this point, he says, "Deliver to the world what you would buy if you were on the other side, i.e., create value." Um, and then he goes on to say, "Look, people who have this ethos win in life generally." He says, "Not just financially, but these are the people who um, win reputationally. They they are people who." Uh, win what he calls deserved trust, and um, and so these are these are people who are constantly figuring out how to create value, because there's no other way to live a rich life in general. And rich life over here doesn't mean money. Rich yeah. life is basically the life that you will actually enjoy, which is in their case, reading financial statements 15 hours a day. Like for yeah, right. someone else, that might be you know what. That's not a rich life, but for them, it's a rich life because that's what they enjoy. That's what their Ferrari is reading 15 hours of financial statements. And you know what? They deserve it because no one else is doing it, right? Mm -hmm. No one else is doing that. So that's how they deserve it. All right. That was point number two. Point number three is about competence. Now, competence is actually a really big theme from from this particular video of uh, of the top the top tips. But there, we we amalgamated competence. Um, we amalgamated three points into competence. So these are, and we can talk about them any way you want to, guys. Uh, firstly, he says, know the edge of your competence. Know the edge of your own competence. He also says, swim as competently as you can. And thirdly, understand what you are doing. So they all kind of come under the bundle of competence, but I'm going to throw it over to you, uh, David, David. Uh, What's your take on his overall perspective on competence and how that feeds into kind of winning in business and in life? Oh, I think there's so much to talk about for these three points. But uh, I think to, to be all fair, I think, John, I, I reckon this one, you know, we um, we should probably let you because we all had a turn, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be to be equally fair. I guess, John, I'll, I'll, give, I'll pass the ball back to you so you can have a crack right. at the first time. Okay. Um, so, so knowing the edge of your competence is... is 
his point here is about humility. It's about knowing what you don't know, because we all know a little bit about a bunch of things, but then we sort of wander off into areas where we're not so competent. Um, he quotes Warren here. He says, look, I would rather be dealing with a smart guy who thinks he's not so smart than a smart guy who thinks he's smarter than he is. Yeah. So the, the 130 IQ who thinks he's a 110 IQ. Um, and, and he says, it's not a competence if you don't know the edge of it. I like that. I like that. Um, so the the other part of being competent is to know what you're doing. And this is, of course, it's obvious. But um, in, in their world, they have a specific investment criteria, sort of uh, finding durable sources of value, finding good management teams, and lastly, kind of finding a good price. But um, he, he describes their investment philosophy as a very simple set of ideas. But because they constantly apply it, they've become very good at it. They've become very competent. Now, as technicians, maybe you're a property investor or you're a, um, a share investor or a share trader even, you just have to be good at that which you decide to do in your life. So, you, you know, if you're going to be a property investor, you kind of need some criteria about how you're going to go about doing that. Um, and the simpler, the better, according to Charlie Munger, the simpler, the better. Okay, lastly, uh, I'm, I think his point was, ah, swim as competently as you can. Now, what he's saying, that, again, it comes back to knowing what you know and knowing what you don't know. But, what he's, uh, but one of the points he makes, and this is possibly one of the most important points in the whole video, is they never try to make macro predictions. They never make macro predictions. What they do is follow a system. And sometimes they'll be swimming against the tide and other times they'll be swinging with the tide, but at least they will be exercising competence because they're, they're, they're exercising a, a systematic structure. So uh, the, the final point about being competent is not bothering with uh, making macro cycle predictions, because if you get it right, it'll be an accident. And if you get it wrong, it'll be an accident. Um and I like how, because I'm very guilty of this. I'm always, you know, we, we prognosticate on this podcast all the time. I suppose it's it's because it's fun. I, we don't necessarily base our investing on it. But um, but he, he says that it's, it's a sign of a lack of competence to be trying to predict the macro policy world. Interesting. What do you reckon, Jazz? So I think uh, this in terms of, Investing is probably the most important point, um, which is know your competency or the know your edge, know the edge of your competency. So essentially, there's ten thousand ways to make money, whether it's stocks, whether it's property, whether it's businesses, whether it's crypto, whether it's commodities. Right? Not everyone is going to be great at everything. We may be good at all the things, but you got to be exceptionally well at uh, one of these things, whether it's property or whether it's whatever. Yeah. Right? So. Uh, I think, I think his point over there is rather than trying to dip your toe into different baskets, try and be very selective, uh, play within your circle of competence, try and understand the things that you understand. Like as an example, Warren Buffet has never invested in, uh, oh, in the past, it ha he has never invested in tech stocks. He missed the whole tech move, right? So, but he's fine with that. He goes, I'll only swing the bat once a year or maybe once every two years. Um, that doesn't mean that you'll be right. So if you're, let's say, investing in a stock and you're expecting the price to go up, but it actually goes down, that doesn't make you wrong. That's just 
a macro trend that probably hasn't played out in your uh, favor. But as long as your overall overall thesis is true, then you'll still be fine. So that's where your competency comes into play. And if you are not competent and confident enough in your investment, then you'll probably end up losing money, especially when you're investing in assets like um, the risk on assets, which is stock markets, commodities, crypto, all of these properties a little bit different, but uh, property stocks are the same story. So you really got to have the conviction, confidence, and the competency to be able to understand uh, what you're doing. And after that, forget what price is doing, going up or down, because the macro cycles are going to play play their part. Policies are going to change, which means if uh, the conviction and the confidence is not there, you'll probably end up losing money. You, you touched on a good point, which is, you go through all the asset classes and I think what part of being competent and part of knowing the edge of your competence is, um, is knowing that you can't possibly be good at all these different things. Like I am just terrible at crypto. I still don't really understand what it is, um, but I'm good at, I'm good at real estate. So that that's kind of where I'm, where I'm good. And then I, but even within real estate, I don't really know what's going on in Brisbane and so on. So um yeah, pretending that you're a, a, a sort of competent in multiple areas is not even humanly possible. Um, David, what, what what's your take on that? Oh, look, I think you, you two have covered pretty much uh, all of it. I'm not too sure there's much more value that I can add, but uh, I'm going to give it a give it a crack. Um, so yeah, look, it, it is an important concept here, uh, basically, uh, to add on in terms of what you guys have said before. Um, everyone has different risk appetites. And I think a lot of times the edge or the inverted commas edge of your competency comes about comes around your personal philosophies and your risk appetites in so circling back to the investing, um, your, your investing side of things. So, um, you know, John, to, I guess, to illustrate, you know, I, I guess I'm a, I'm a fairly risk averse person. Um, that's why I put majority of my investing funds into, you know, the property um, side of things, uh, which is a, le- a lot less volatile in comparison to, for example, the cryptocurrencies or the share markets uh, to that extent. Then um, that's basically knowing the edge of my own competency, which is related to the risk um, of, of myself, you know, in terms of what I can, the sleep at night factor, which I think we've talked about a lot of times. Um, and, um, you know, and, and, because of, and because of that risk factor, that's essentially tied me to understand knowing, knowing uh, my own risk uh, appetite and uh, in, in essence, then drilling into what I, what, I, what I think is going to be the best investment class asset that will suit me. Um, and I spend time on it, studying about it, understand, then essentially that's, that then leads me into understanding what I am doing uh, from an investing purchases perspective. And then it's a matter of actually just basically be able to continue to, to, to put through an investor because, you know, the, the cycles will not always be with you uh, at the moment. You know, last year we've seen some amazing boom using a property cycle again. Last year we've seen an amazing boom across all of Australia. There will be times where there will be up and down. In other words, when, this, when the tide is against you um, as well. Last year was a really swimming year. So, you know, everyone would have, um, would have done really well if you got properties. However, um, you know, the, the, the idea here is um, keep holding your fort, you know, keep good at it um, and keep working towards that, uh, know, knowing what you want to do. For those, that you, for those areas or the, uh, the things that you're not so competent, that's where you need basically to surround yourself with the people that are more competent in regards to self. You know, we've, I think we've got a good combination here. You know, Jazz is obviously a, a, a more of an expert among us in the cryptocurrency side of things. We learn a lot of things from him. He's regarded as our own expert within our, within our little group. 
Um, you know, John, of course, you know, uh, such a such an excellent guy at uh, commodity side of things as well. Um, yeah, so you know, we all we all bounce off ideas, and I think if you learn from others uh, in that sense, yeah, don't try to be an expert in everything, like we said before. Um, surround yourself and learn from, I guess, yeah, the best out of the best, and um, yeah, you won't you won't be going too wrong. Jazz. That's such a great point you just made over there, David. I'm just going to paraphrase it a bit. Uh, one of the things that Warren Buffett always says is, don't look at the, or Warren Buffett or it's someone else, else um, don't look at the upside, look at the downside. Mm-hmm. That is basically calculate the risk, how much risk is there, um, which is also within your circle of competence kind of story. Calculate the risk. And uh, as long as you know what the risk is, uh, you'll be fine. So, because when you know the risk, then you know how much of the money you're losing. Whereas if you're just looking at the upside and not looking at the downside, which is the risk, uh, then you'll probably blow off your account pretty quickly. Investment 101, isn't it? Understanding your risk and what you could lose, basically. So I think it all ties together. Mm-hmm. And the, and even uh, like of a, uh, giving an example of a property, uh, people, um, when there's a full-on hype, which kind of was there late last year, um, they tend to buy the property, hoping, you know what, it's going to keep going up, keep going up, keep going up. Um, and all of a sudden, it plateaus or starts to drop a bit. And their aim is to get in and get out. Uh, it's a it's a pretty big transaction. And losing 10 15% of that is a very meaningful amount. So that's why I always look at the downside, um, not the upside. Part of following a system though, right? I mean, that's 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 the system, which is mm-hmm. uh, which, which is what? Uh, creates the environment that creates competence. Loving it. All right. That was number that was number three, big one. Uh, number four, um, practice the right approach slash know the big ideas. Knowing the big ideas. Um, so, yeah, this one, I guess, um, you know, know, know all the big ideas. I think that's, uh, I mean, that to me is uh, understanding what's been going on around the world. Um, so to lead back, I think we touched on this before as well. With the world changing so fast um, at the moment, you know, to, it's, it's difficult to keep on top of all the trends, but um, I guess we need to adapt. And like Jess said earlier, the only thing that doesn't change is change throughout this world, basically. So to try to keep up with the latest ideas, the latest concepts, um, you know, uh, cryptocurrency ideas or, you know, any technology, the AR, the augmented reality, the VRs, all that kind of things, um, you, know, you, you need to, you need to, as an investor, you need to have an open mind. You need to basically have at least a sound understanding of how these, um, how these ideas operate. Um, and then, yeah, you, you basically then um, consider, you know, that, that's part of the knowledge uh, piece side of things. And then if you look at the practice right approach, actually, I think this one, I look at it as more just, it's somewhat a bit similar to what we covered in our last point as well. Um, yeah, so basically, uh, a bit like you just have to repeat essentially what um, you know what what you're good at doing, um, getting better at competency side of things. Um, yeah, and I think that's uh, so a lot of the ideas here is actually repetitive in my personal opinion. Although I'm sure John and Jazz have got much more to add uh, in that sense, I just can't remember exactly what the context of some of these practice right approach um, is. Um, perhaps John, I'll basically lead it back to you so you can give us a bit of context about that practice right approach one sure, sure, sure. yeah so I, I like these two these are these are kind of you know you you've 
we talked about competence, which has been good at stuff. And this is all about zooming out and having a worldview. So practicing the right approach, he, he talks about um, how big ideas, the big ideas, and these are not new ideas. These are the, the ideas that have existed for, for you know, okay. for, for centuries. And he says, the big ideas hold 90% of the freight. So he says, if, if you just know that some of the big ideas, maybe about how markets work or how, how people work, um, not big ideas hold ninety percent of the freight. Uh, the freight, and then he says, um, turning turning the big ideas into just recurring practices, so turning them into routines, um, is is a winning a winning approach. When he's talking about knowing the big ideas, though, because then he he goes further into this, he kind of he quotes. <laughs> this is just about knowing history, right? Um, he he quotes Cicero. Um, I can't quote Cicero. I can quote Charlie Munger quoting Cicero. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna cheat. But he says, a man who doesn't know what happened before he was born goes through life as a child. So history is super important. Now, um, you know, know history lest you be a fool. Um, know the big ideas. I think this is this is where I get I get frustrated with people who live in this sort of endless present tense um, when when the market crashes it's like it's happened for the first time or where there's a pandemic it happened for the first time we have pandemics once a decade um, when when uh, the the climate changes you know where I'm sitting I used to be under two kilometers of of ocean um, you, you know thousands of years ago and that that doesn't that doesn't dismiss any uh, present uh, thinking about some of these things, but it is ignorant of the past. And I think that um, it's important to um, to know history so you can contextualize the present. Um, we again, we we don't want to be making overly making predictions, but we also don't want to jump at shadows. Um, so know the big ideas, put them into practice, create routines uh, around these things. And I I think knowing big ideas helps you not panic at any one particular. Um, event. That that's kind of my my personal perspective. You you, you probably got an insight into some other personal perspectives I have, but it, it, I, and I'm possibly wrong on all, the, all those things. But it's about just putting things into context. Jazz. Oh, knowing big ideas. I I think this is the um, when when you are looking at investing, this is this comes right at the top probably uh, of the things to. Uh, if you were to break down investing, this is the number one rule of um, understand what the big ideas are. So as an example, probably would be is um, if you're investing, what are the things that will always be there no matter if tech was to come and disrupt or if blockchain was to come and disrupt or if something else, Tesla was to come and disrupt something, right? So what are the things? Humans are always going to, as an example, eat. Right? So consumer staples, when you're investing, uh, is always here to stay. Within consumer staples, yes, then you uh, drill down into further levels of uh, how do you pick companies and all that stuff. Right, But I think understanding the big ideas of what's going to change, what is not going to change, um, and then working out your investment strategy based on that. Right, Even to the point when we're investing in property, uh, looking at the trends and all that what is actually materially changing within the landscape uh, of the, whether it's a work culture and all, and what's not uh, to be able to figure out how to invest. So I think, I think that's what it talks about, the big ideas, that uh, absolute, the top macro pictures, what, what's going to change, what's not going to change in terms of the human behavior. 
and then go out and invest accordingly. Yeah, I love it. And and even if it's just big principles, like invent invest in things that are scarce, don't invest in things that are, are abundant. Um, it comes back to, you know, like Warren Buffett and, and Charlie Munger have very specific written down criteria, but they're sensible things, you know. Um, how, how will prices set? Like big, big ideas, know, know these things. And then when the shocks happen, you can, you can process them and, and then act accordingly. I love it. All right. That was number four. I'm going to recap them. Um, I'm going to recap them now, actually, as we go into the fifth one. So the first one was um, always keep learning. The second one was deserve what you want, like that one. Number three was about competence, knowing the edge of your competence, knowing um, what you're good at, don't make macro decisions, competence. Number four was practice the right approach and know the big ideas. And bring us home, number five, invest in trust. Invest in trust. Jazz. I love this one. I, I think this, um, again, I'm going to um, say a famous uh, quote. Uh, one of the famous saying is, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together, right? So I think invest in trust, basically invest in people who you trust and then give them the full liberty to be able to make decisions, um, whether it comes to investments or whether it's if you're running a company, business, whatever it is, right? So that trust is the most important thing. So you got to hire the people who you absolutely trust and uh, then give them the full power after that to be able to uh, make decisions. Because if you want to go far, you need that team. And we uh, have always talked about the team as well on this podcast, how important the team is, whether you're buying a property or whatever you're doing, right? Uh, uh, but if if you want to, uh, if, if you're going alone, you can only go so far. Uh, but that team, if you've got the trust in the team and the right team in place, uh, then there's no stopping. Because there comes a point in your growth level when you're running a company or a sole proprietorship or whatever it is, right, that uh, you have to branch out and have affiliations, right? And when it comes to that stage of life, having that trust is the most critical thing. If you don't trust, uh, then you won't be able to focus on your investments or business because uh, the first thing on the mind always will be is, uh, do I really trust the team or do I not trust the team? Uh, you won't be able to go to the second step. Uh, this podcast is probably the great example to some extent for that. Start by David, me, you join, right? It runs. It runs on its own, never stops, right? So it's the trust that you put in the team. So, I mean, that's at a very small level, basic level, uh, but in general. David. No, that's really good, Jazz. Um, take simple, easy to understand examples. Um, I like to look at it from a different perspective. So you talk about, um, you talk about, I guess, um, you know, having that uh, establishing that trust, building your team, etc., which is absolutely spot on. Um, at the same time, I think you also want to consider, um, I guess, how you can establish or how you can build yourself be, to be trusted by someone else. You know, when I look at this, this might be a more of a advisor type of role or, um, you know, be able to um, add value to others in order to be able to add value to others. Um, you know, you, you need to learn how to make yourself uh, be able to be trusted by others. And there's, multiple, there's, a, there's a lot of ways um, that, can, that you can do that, of course. Um, but ultimately, I think it comes down to human and human interaction. So, you know, to me, yes, that's, that's also part of 
um, learning how to build that trust relationship with people, um, with, um, with with people, which comes fundamentally no matter what you do, right? Like we all social beings, we all deal with people every day. How you can make yourself to be liked and to be trusted uh, by other people as quickly as you can is also a key determining factor on how successful you can be um, to a degree in life. Um, you know, the more people that can trust you, the more the more leverage and the more power that you have in terms of your network. And therefore, um, you know, that to me is basically investing in yourself to be able to either trust people or make other people trust you as much as they can, build a team around you. Um, so that way, and, and this could be, you know, just uh, like, for example, if you're buying property again, you got your buyer's agents, you got your mortgage brokers, you've got your property managers who can basically push you up to that level and then that way support you to be able to get to where you want to be not necessarily just your personal teams you know you could have your family that could support you but at a holistic level you know we're talking about um, a team that uh, even a virtual team that can whoever that can actually help to propel you to the next stage so that um, to me is basically investing in in trust uh, in summary guys yeah another another way to have a look uh, another way to look at it is have you ever seen any company that is successful? that didn't have trust in their employees or the core leadership. You always got to have that trust for, um, for a company to be successful. That's why it's a company, right? So, yeah. And, and you know why? Because distrust is a cost. Like it's economically efficient to have a business that trusts each other, to have partners that trust each other. And the reason for that is, I mean, if you, if you think about it, if you, if you need to, um, if there's a business without trust, you need um, to hire people to monitor the people that you don't trust. So, and Charlie Munger talks about this and he says, just from an economics perspective, it's a, it's a lower cost model to have a high trust business. Um, one, one other thing, because, you know, if you think about what Berkshire Hathaway do, they buy um, massive stakes in Coca-Cola, but they leave the management there. So they need, they need to trust the management that they're going to run the business and grow the business. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of a, of a sort of concept in business about putting in processes in place so you don't, don't need to, you don't need to monitor people. So broadly speaking, it's, you create the incentives for people to do the right thing. You don't make people do the right thing. You create an environment where people want to do the right thing. Now, in in a corporate environment, this could be having a well-designed sales incentive plan for your sales team. But it could be other things too. It could be um, that, you know, when um, Berkshire Hathaway buys a business, they give the former, they keep the former owners around um, by giving them equity, all, all that stuff. I mean, it's all that stuff. But once you've got those um, structures, you, you you end up having a very high trust business environment. Of course, having good, honest people around uh, is helpful as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. And there we have it. I'll re- recap one more time. Always keep learning. Two, deserve what you want. Three, uh, be competent. Uh, four, practice the right approach, know the big ideas. And five, invest in trust guys any any sort of any final comments to bring us home any thoughts uh, that that maps weld all this stuff together uh for charlie munger's top tips for uh leading a, a good productive long life um i think for anyone who's starting their journey out or are halfway through just always reminding themselves of some of these key points uh we're humans we tend to forget things right especially 
when we are on a path of success or path of pain, whatever it is. Uh, just uh, going back and recalling, reminding yourself some of these key points, I think it helps uh, to move along and give you that strength. And yep. keep practicing it, basically. Mm -hmm. I think that that's kind of coming back to me. You know, the if you don't flex the muscles, then it will never stay. You know, you're going to lose it ultimately. So, um, yeah, keep practicing in terms of and, and keep sharpening up that blade for the competency that you're working on. Um, and, um, yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to this is all this all ties back to improving yourself um ultimately if you look at a lot of these things you know learning new things invest in trust uh understanding yourself how to make yourself a better person how to educate yourself even more um yeah and the more you put in yourself the more reward that you get back ultimately the biggest the biggest wealth in the world the biggest wealth in the world is continuous self-improvement personal mm. development right so yeah this kind of teaches you that to some extent in the world of investing in finance and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And guys, we're going to do, we're going to do more of these where we go through uh, sage words of wisdom. Um, but for, for, for now listeners, spark your fire listeners. Uh, thank you for, um, thank you for, for sharing your time with us. Please like, subscribe, and share it with your friends if you think that you got anything valuable out of this. Uh, in the meantime, we'll speak to you guys next week. Uh, none of this is uh, financial advice, of course, um, because we don't know you. But um, but uh, uh, stay safe. Um, be safe. Be healthy and happy. Um, if you've got any questions, send us an email, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week on the pod. <laughs>